Hey man, is that the Rock News Weekly Podcast? Yeah man, well turn it up man! This is Rock News Weekly. Every week we bring you all the latest headlines in rock, metal, indie, grunge, alt, and classic rock news. This week's new releases, this week in music history trivia, movies, pop culture, and more. Follow us on all social media platforms at Rock News Weekly for our quick one-minute weekly update videos. And please give the episode a five-star rating if you enjoy the episode. Now on to this week's episode. All right, guys, it's time for the Rock News Weekly Podcast. This week, March 1st, 2020, kicking off the month here, Season 3, Episode 8. Charles back in the garage. What's going on, man? Jumbo! That's right. That's what Swahili. Is, oh, is it? Oh, okay. It is. All right, well, there you go. The more you know. That's that's a little cool. rainbow. Knowing's half the battle. Knowing's half the battle. G.I. Joe. <laughs> he always teaches, teaches us those memories and, you know, at a young age, yeah. instilling those, those creeds that yeah. we live by today. I, I I always uh, I always <laughs> imagine like that knowing half the battle you know like when they used to knowing half the battle I always thought it would be hella funny if they like they'll say something and little kids would be like oh and then they'll backhand them and go no one's half the battle like aggressive no one's half the battle it's only half the battle it's only half the battle still gotta get the other half right failure. It's 50%. <laughs> Half is 50%. <laughs> you didn't know that? All right, all right. Don't you know that? No one's half the battle. We, we, we got, went down a dark path right off the oh, bat. Oh, we did. Yeah. Yep. Talking about child abuse and everything. Oh, Sorry. Man. Sorry, guys. Well, but this week we got lots of great topics to talk about, including, well, this isn't very good for Soundgarden members. They are in the middle of this legal battle. So we're going to talk about Soundgarden members responding. If you remember last week, yep. we talked about Vicky Cornell's lawsuit. Now Soundgarden uh, members are responding to that. We'll see what they have to say. Mm. Uh, there was an interesting article coming out this week about ex-Lamb of God drummer Chris Adler speaking out on why he quit the band, which was uh, oh, yeah. a big deal. Uh, it kind of came out of nowhere at the end of 2020, I think it was, last year, uh, where he just kind of he's like, he's done with Lamb of God, and so he'll talk about the toxicity, apparently, in that band. Yeah. Uh, Duff McKagan uh, from Guns N' Roses releasing lost music from his pre-Guns N' Roses band, oh, okay. The Living. A little right. more punk rock. Yeah, a little more punk yeah. rock from when he was in Seattle uh, at the time, so we'll talk about that. Nancy Wilson from Heart is doing a new solo album featuring a bunch of artists, including nice. Taylor Hawkins, Sammy Hagar, or more. Metallica gets muted by Twitch during a live performance at BlizzCon. Oh, we'll man. talk about that. It was what pretty hilarious do? and ridiculous, the whole situation. Uh, it was The whole thing was just so stupid. Plus this week's new releases, which are, uh, what do we got this week? Alice Cooper's got a new album out. Wow. It's called... Detroit Stories, and it's kind of based on a lot of the old Detroit bands like the MC5, um, uh, what's the other one? Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels. Yeah. A lot of those guys, that style of rock and roll. Uh, it's called Detroit Stories from Alice Cooper, so that's out. I'm a, I'm a little bummed that Alice Cooper does not have an album yet called The Good Land. <laughs> Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah, it, right? that Algonquin. <laughs> With it, he should get a band from the Algonquin tribe yeah. to do an album called Milwaukee. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah, and, and in parentheses it says The Good Land. <laughs> With Wayne and Garth on there. Wayne and Garth are having a moment. They Alice Cooper. It, yeah. I mean, come on, guys. Yeah. Get it together, right? Come on. The good, that's it's a missed perfect, opportunity. That is a perfect album name. Do it all for charity. Come on, guys. Um, anyway, that's actually a really good idea. All Ooh, right. Ar- Architects. Like, yeah, uh, blank. Cool. Black, black Mass. Uh, blank Mass? I don't know. I don't know if that's a typo or not. 
I don't um, know. Inferno. Uh, Inferno is their <laughs> album. Cloud Nothings, really good band. We saw them live a couple times. I'd recommend them. Uh, they're kind of post-punk, uh, modern, um, cool, cool group. Cloud nice. Nothings got one out called The Shadow I Remember. Um, Julian Baker, Kyle Edward Connolly, Lost Horizons, Maximo Park, Lydia Luce, Melvins, the Melvins. Oh, wow. I have an album called nice. Working With God. I don't know the details on that oh, one. Oh, yeah. Um, that's cool. that's I wonder if that's all original new stuff or if that's a if that's an original title and it's repressed. Uh, I'm not sure. So check it out if you're a Melvins fan. They have something new out this week called Working With God. Oh. Also, check this out. Neil Young and Crazy Horse, a live album oh. called Way Down in the Rust Bucket. I bet that's good. I bet it is good. Yeah, it's I'm, probably I, from their peak check that time out. in the 70s. Uh, very cool. Yeah. No FX has an album called Single Album. Uh, I don't know too much details on that, but new No FX there. And Willie Nelson's got an album. Okay. Of Frank Sinatra covers. Awesome. Called That's Life. Oh Willie Nelson God. covering Frank Sinatra. That actually sounds pretty cool. You know, I think Willie Nelson Fire up and Neil Young and Crazy one. Horse. Yeah, just make a day of it. <laughs> absolutely. That's great. So check that out. Lots of good music out this week, um, including Black Crows. They just put their uh, Shake Your Money Maker out this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, four LPs and a three-CD super deluxe version of the original album. Here's the deal. Three never-before-heard studio recordings are on there, two unreleased demos, and uh, they were known as Mr. Crow's Garden before the Black Crows. No. That's what they were. And so apparently they included that demo from the band's early days in this. I, that's so. That's that's actually quite good because that's a horrible band name. <laughs> Mr. Crow's Garden. <laughs> that's right? a horrible band name. Uh, another part of the special anniversary edition is a 14-song unreleased concert from their hometown of Atlanta, Georgia in 1990. Okay. So there you go. Uh, for Black Crow's fans, check it out. Or Mr. Crow's Garden or fans. Or Mr. Crow's Garden. <laughs> oh, my God. I was gosh. an original Mr. Crow's Garden yeah. fan. Yeah. In 88, man, I saw him there. Mr. Crow's Garden is like... <laughs> and Johnny is like, Stradhouse to yeah, put on a great show. 1970, 1967, when you're not quite a hippie, but like you're almost there and you you like you, you feel that drinking strong tea is that like... That sounds like a Beatles outtake song. Yeah. Mr. Like, Crow's Garden, yeah. they're like, no, it's not good. We're going to leave that off the album. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna, a little, it's a little too much off. there. Mr. Yeah. Crow's Garden, don't like that. Uh, anyway, all right. Green Day releasing this. This is a funny video, guys. It's a punk aerobics instructor. Oh, cool. Her name is Hilkin Mancini, and she does these thing, this thing on YouTube called Punk Aerobics, where she like does an aerobics workout to a bunch of different punk bands and punk albums. Oh, my God. And it's like she's doing all these like things, and she's got sweatbands and all dressed in punk stuff. And Oh, my God. You got to check it out. It's called Punk Rock Aerobics, and so Green Day's new video is nothing but her doing punk rock aerobics. It's just her standing yes. there in front of an amplifier, like, doing this punk rock aerobics stuff, which oh. is it's pretty funny. Uh, so, Oh, that <laughs> reminds me. Uh, you guys, audience, check this out. Like, there's this white lady in the 90s that does how to do hip-hop. Have you, have you seen that, Chris? Oh, it's so what? funny! It's this. It's this. I don't white remember lady. this in the '90s. What it's, was this? Refresh it, oh, our memories. Oh my God! So Lalo, can you can you look it up really quick? The lady. So she's <laughs> put so, that in your Google search. Yeah. White lady from the white, '90s. Yeah. How to do how hip-hop. to do hip hop? Yeah, and so she she teaches you how to be hip hop, not not just like do dances, but just the lifestyle of hip hop. And wow. she's like some like 
37-year-old white lady who obviously lives in her mom's basement. <laughs> wow. And, she, and she's like, you know, I do this because it's hip-hop. And she'll do, like, these little moves and How stuff. How did this get played? Was oh, this on a, a show, a DVD, a movie or it, something? It or? was. It was. She was trying to sell it as a thing, you know. Oh, like, yeah, like an to, instructional. Yeah. Like a late hip-hop. night. Yep, exactly. You, did you find it? Okay, so check this out, audience. It's uh, This is hip-hop. And it's uh, it's just incredible. All right, on well, YouTube, look, look for this it. Is this is hip hop. Nineties yep. lady talks about how to be hip hop. It's so funny. And then search for punk aerobics yes. as well. Yeah, uh, a bunch of fun videos will ensue. I'm sure. Definitely, that's a good search to. We put just in there. gave her about 300 more views. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right, System of a Down reschedules their LA shows again. This is the fourth time that this show has been rescheduled. They're mm. banking on the fact that everything is going to be back to normal around October. Yeah. So, so October 22nd and 23rd, it's going to be System of a Down, Corn, Faith No More, Helmet, and Russian Circles. Pretty oh, solid that's lineup. awesome. That's a great lineup, right? That is great. Concert dates were originally scheduled for May of 2020. It's been postponed four different times. So now fourth time's a charm. We'll yeah. see uh, if that goes through. Um, we shall see. Yep. Uh, rock news this week kicking it off as the Soundgarden members have responded to Vicky Cornell's lawsuit. So last week... Uh, you know, here's the deal. Soundgarden have issued a statement. I'll just start it off with this, in which they accuse Cornell, Vicky Cornell, they're saying, uh, in of having hijacked Soundgarden's social media and, quote, misleading and confusing our fans. Being a band from Washington State since 1984, we are proud of Soundgarden's mu- musical legacy work and career. We look forward to completing the final Soundgarden album. That's kind of a vague statement. That's yeah, the, it's it is not really very much there. And here's the deal, though. According to the court documents for a refresher, Cornell claims that Soundgarden members Kim Thiel, Matt Cameron, and Ben Shepard offered offered her a lowball figure of three hundred thousand dollars for Chris's portion of the band, which she claims that the band recently received an out, an offer from an outside buyer for sixteen million. Huh. So the band's only offering her three hundred thousand. Yeah. She's saying she's got an offer for sixteen million. That's a big kind of discrepancy there, right? Also, she claims that she made two counter offers to the band to purchase the masters herself. One for twelve million and a second for twenty one million. Both offers were rejected, which Cornell says was the catalyst for her lawsuit. Okay. So if that's true, that sounds pretty reasonable. Yeah. She was offering the rest of the dudes in Soundgarden twenty one million dollars. Yeah. Uh, for the purchase of the masters of the stuff uh, from the band, that's a pretty fair buyout. Yeah, absolutely. It's much more than the outside investors offering. Yeah, and it's like you're helping out the widow of your ex life ex band. Like, you guys were in a band together. Your your widows. I don't know. I guess it's kind of tough. There's some spite going on here. There's between definitely both parties. something there that's not we don't fully understand, and maybe the band members never really got along yeah. with her or something like that. But in my eyes, outside looking in, you would think that you would want the band members to like ensure Chris's legacy and give whatever his wife and his family needed. Yeah, to, you know, at a fair price. And if she's offering that much to them for the buyout of just his music. She just wants the masters for the stuff that he was involved in. Yeah, yeah. Soundgarden's still free to make music on its on its own. Yeah, right. It there there is there's definitely so, over the past three years there's been a lot of back and forth and sometimes there's been I a couple know, occasions man. where we've been like what she she's done something where we've been like oh that's not really cool and then they do something we're like well that's not cool at all and it's just kind of 
you know, it's just gone back and forth. This has just been like an ugly mess. It is, and it's super sad because yeah. it, I don't think this happened with Nirvana, and Nirvana seemed like a bigger mess at the time. Oh yeah, with 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 uh oh yeah, Courtney Love. It oh, seems yeah. like like Dave Grohl and Chris Novoselic and everybody was kind of just like, you know, you guys, whatever. You want the rights to the band? Go ahead. Yeah. You know, Courtney you, and your kid, you just got a baby girl. Yeah. Right. Like I, I don't. It, they weren't battling them out in court like this. Yeah. Nope. And, you know what I mean. And yeah. now it's kind of it's it's really sad. It makes the members of Soundgarden look look kind of bad in it this. It does to me. Yeah. Uh, the more I read about it and the more I see about it, and especially if that's true, if she offered them all twenty one million and they refused it. Yeah. That looks bad on them. Yeah. Because t- yeah, that's 20, very fair. Yeah. That's spiteful. That's Seven million each. Yeah. You know, for Chris's recordings with the bands. Yeah. And she just wants the master rights, which she could still work out a deal with. They could still get some kind of a cut. She just wants the master's rights to be able to do with whatever she wants with them. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's tough for a band, though. Like, I don't want you to take Black Hole Sun and all these things and put it on a Chevy commercial. Yeah. You know? Yeah, which may happen. If they're still trying to be Soundgarden, and I, I get it. That's a that's a mess. But, yeah. Ah, well... I don't know. We'll see. It is what it is. We'll see in the coming weeks. It's unfortunate, and we'll see how it pans out. So this was a funny story that uh, got a lot of press about Metallica getting muted at Twitch, on Twitch, at a video game conference that they were hosting, which was called BlizzCon. So that BlizzCon, it's from Blizzard Entertainment. They do a lot of games. Love Blizzard. Yeah, they're a great company. They put out some really awesome games. Oh, yeah. Um including, I think, the new Warzone, which is very popular right now. That's on their uh, server to, to be able to download. If you were playing on PC, yeah. you have to download the Blizzard uh, thing to be able to do it. So anyway. Oh, uh, Oddworld, Soul yeah. Reaver, Legacy of They're Kane, a legendary World of Warcraft. Com- Oddworld yeah. would probably put them on the map, oh, I would time. think, uh, back then uh, in the late 90s. But big time. Awesome stuff. So anyway, they had a, a you know their conference where they announced all their new games of the year. It's a big deal. Metallica hasn't played the event since 2014 and they played this year and it was like a cool kind of digital thing it was like metallic here's metallica live from their garage or wherever they were performing right doing a live performance hey blizzcon what's up uh, we're down hey, rock out you know and they do their thing and they're starting yeah. to play right that was a good it was a good impression that was pretty good right <laughs> about halfway through the first song twitch the t- twitch uh is hosting this stream they're the ones that are putting this on basically besides blizzard entertainment themselves twitch themselves then mute the band that they are hosting on their live streaming service (laughs) into the first song like not even like 30 seconds into the song probably right yeah and they replaced it with digital like folk music no. It, yeah, it was like copyright DMCA free digital folk music, and oh it's my like, God. yeah, it like like the Bard's Tale or like you know some kind of like Final Fantasy something or other. You know, I'm so confused. You have to watch the YouTube video. So really? If you YouTube it right now, uh, if you YouTube Metallica getting muted by Twitch, uh, check it out. Yeah, check that out, Lalo. Uh, I- pull it up. Check it yeah. out. It's hilarious, and you can see the chat on the right. And they're just like blowing up, like what in the heck is going on? Like, I, that, it's I think their that's own precious. platform, and it's like almost like you know, Twitch always it, they've 
they've come under fire recently for uh, if if people aren't familiar. Twitch is a gaming streaming platform, but it also streams IRL stuff, uh, multiple things, you know, musicians. They've come under fire recently for their DMCA stuff, where they're uh, cracking down on streamers that are basically like, you know, I don't know, I'm, I'm sitting there or streaming, and I decide to put on a YouTube video of, like, whatever, a Nirvana song. They'll mute that portion of my stream and send me a warning, you know, saying, oh, yeah. hey, you violated the DMCA rights for reproducing this music or whatever. That's right? so funny that it was Metallica and then that automatic <laughs> copyright thing happened for me. You know what? I feel like Metallica, though, um, and, and, you know, don't get offended because I know they're big fans of the show and they listen every week. Oh, yeah. Lars, um, huge fan. Lars, James Hetfield. Listen, listen to me. This this is payback for the song Unforgiven 2. <laughs> This like how dare you? I and I'm I'm gonna say this to you guys. How dare you make that song? That was a horrible <laughs> song. That was a horrible decision. And the lyrics are horrible. So so that that's what you that, that's, that's the karma. You that's that's karma. the karma, yeah. But that's karma. It's like they're they're the ones that probably enforce that too. Like that's Metallica's like own like they could have yeah. like hey guys we're gonna be doing a performance on twitch think you could shut off the dmca fucking yeah, monitoring that's you know true. yeah for this performance you know for a minute but then it got flagged and fucking twitch took it off that's hilarious it's just so such a joke so. that is hilarious anyway that was funny check it out it's like the, that's like the four YouTube seasons video. gardening service <laughs> <laughs> right that old fiasco all right, so more rock news. Uh, this week, ex-Lamb of God drummer Chris Adler says in a new interview he quit the band because it was toxic, adding that it was, fr- quote, frown town all the time. <laughs> I love that. Frown town all the time. Frown town, bad name. He said, quote, we've spent 26 years in a bus, a train, a plane. There's not much left to talk about. We explored our friendships to the fullest. He went on to say, I always want to have fun doing this, and we did in Lamb of God for a very long time, but it got bogged down in everything else and what we're supposed to do and who we're supposedly are. I just love this idea about stretching it out. I'm not leaving because uh, I don't want to play music. and not leaving because I don't want to play the kind of music Lamb is playing. I'm leaving because it's just toxic everywhere, everything, and I've got to be a better father, husband, person than what this is dragging me into. Beautiful. And I love well, it. So... You think there's probably maybe some alcohol, drug use that's yeah, maybe of course. really bad environment for him. Every time he goes to practice or gets yeah. involved with the band, he starts finding himself down a dark path or something like that. I don't yeah. know. I'm not insinuating that, but it sounds like that from that quote about being a better father, husband, yeah. uh, person in general. So I can see that. It's, I don't know. It, if, that's, if that's kind of like – if that's your priority in life to – really kind of focus on being a dad and stuff and just the the band life is just kind of getting to you right then i could see you using the word toxic not like toxic as in the people that i play with they are toxic but just the environment just the environment how it leaves it open for that kind of attitude and um right like yeah yeah, maybe it's just bad form that's why i had to stop smoking crack (laughs) it's just just just, just, bad and that was just two weeks ago bad environment you know, it's a bad just vibe. Bad, it's just a bad vibe, man. <laughs> I had to stop smoking crack. I had to stop hanging out with uh, David Crosby. Right. And he's he a was, bad influence on you, man. Yeah, that was huge. It took I mean, you down a dark path. For a minute, we were, um, we were, you know, the knife game that 
that uh that the android plays on alien on aliens right with with the hand with the hand then i yeah. came yeah we were playing that uh like every it wasn't just every day it was like every five minutes. then i heard he started doing like on the deer hunter where yeah. it's the russian roulette you just put one bullet in the chamber and he just start messing around yeah at the height of his drug use yeah it's like wow absolutely man, you know like what are we doing here and yeah except it was it was opposite it, there was five bullets in a six shooter <laughs> <laughs> so it was almost guaranteed. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, that's but, pretty, you know, pretty wild. Yeah, it was nuts. <laughs> it was nuts. All right, check it out. This week, some more rock news. Rob Zombie and his wife have launched an animated video series. So it's called Zombie Interview Zombie, and it's Sherry Moon Zombie interviewing Rob Zombie okay. in animated form. And they're talking about his new album, The Lunar Injection Kool-Aid Eclipse Conspiracy. That's the name of the album. I love it. I love it to death. And she asked him about why the crazy, ridiculous name. And he says, quote, I guess seriously, I like to think of an album titled that you've never heard before, even though it's probably one that you can't remember because nothing bothers me more than when I see the same title on multiple records. Like, come on, man, there's a lot of words out there, and I don't just string crazy stuff together, even though it sounds like it. Maybe I do, but I spend a long time on the title, and it changes constantly, end quote. So that's kind of interesting. You know, I got to give it to him. The man's a a creative guy. Oh, yeah. You know, he's always trying to do something different. I, uh, I, he's I, got a good point there. Yeah, he does. Yep, you know, absolutely. He, you know, no one wants to see an album that's named, uh, I don't know, Back in Black again. Yeah. You know, right? Like yeah. somebody, you know, ACDC put it out, and then somebody like, I don't know, like a Billie Eilish could do Back in Black and, and call it that, and it would be cool because she yeah. did it, you know? Or Taylor Swift's got a new album called Back in Black or some dumb shit, right? Yeah. And it's like, dude, you could choose any album. You're an amazing uh, musician, uh, you know, whatever, right, band? You can't get a little more creative than that, yeah. you know. And when you have a that's name, a bad example, but when you, well, no, 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 you're you're right. When you have a Something name like that's that. as big as like Rob Zombie or you know anybody else that's been around for a long time, where you could pretty much do anything. I mean, why not get creative with it? Why not like title like the an album name? Um, I farted once in my car with the windows up and it smelled really bad. Period. <laughs> like just just right. go with it. I actually have a lot of respect for Rob Zombie. Or just silent but deadly with that animation on yeah. the cover. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. You're like under the yeah. covers and you're just looking, peeking out, like yeah, like your eyes are watering. Yeah. <laughs> one one time, one time I was in a rush wearing khakis and I didn't shake enough and there was droplets <laughs> of pe- like everything that that you know will happen to people periodically. I right. love what he said about a year and a half ago about baby metal and it gave me a whole bunch of respect for Rob Zombie. And it was actually mentioned on the show. We were talking about how um, there was he was like really promoting baby metals like last album, right? And there was a lot of people giving him a lot of grief about it. Like, hey, how dare you? These are J-pop like slash metal, yeah, gimmick thrash metal, or whatever. And and honestly, like as a baby metal fan, like a legitimate baby metal fan, um, I was so impressed by Rob. Rob Zombie was like, dude, this is fucking good music. He recognizes the talent yeah, there, and exactly. theatrics, and, and the the skill to back it up. Yeah. Absolutely. They're one of those full packages. And until you guys see those the baby metal live or, you know, just kind of appreciate it in, in its uh, raw form like that, it's tough to explain. I mean, you could see it as a contrived thing on a YouTube video. That's kind of our culture now. But it's just, man, we've seen them a couple times Yeah, now. a couple times, yeah. And they're, they're the real deal. And when you see them, you're like, wow, this is impressive. And I'm sure he saw them and he was like, holy shit. Yeah, he was like, these, these girls guys, are This awesome. is amazing, <laughs> Yeah, you know? Yeah, so he's one of those guys I could tell. You know, he's a very uh, theatrical and uh, talent-minded person. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of talent, Nancy Wilson from Heart 
Ooh. solo debut album. Right. I can't believe she's never done a solo album. Yeah, that's weird. She's been in Heart for however long, 30, 40 years. Yeah, big time. I can't believe she's never done a solo album. She's an amazing guitar player. I will say this. She was one of the ones that jammed with like Jimmy Page back in the day. She got a lot of respect for being like a legitimate guitar playing, fem- one of the best female guitar players Yeah, out there. She can solo. She's just got like a great, like, I don't know, approach and presence to playing guitar. She's She learned a lot from Jimmy Page, actually. That really? song, Magic Man, yeah. is about Jimmy Page. No way. And it's about her I didn't know that. supposedly writing this letter to her mom that she's on the road with Jimmy Page, like, playing with him. And she's saying, Mom, she's a magic man, you know, and, and all this stuff with the magic hands. No that's way. Jimmy Page. And that's why it's got all that, like, guitar stuff in the song, like, little solo stuff and i always thought that song was out of masseuse no it's about it's supposedly about jimmy page and how he was all into like alistair crowley and a lot of that like crazy so kind cool. of like black magic stuff and he was a really yeah. talented player pretty deep crazy guy she was one of the ones that like she was a u.s you know hot chick female guitar player that was rocking at the top of the u.s and when he came over to tour the u.s they connected that's amazing yeah God, get, what a Oh my so. God! What's having him as like your personal mentor? Oh my <laughs> God! Or just yeah, like you you know like hanging out with him, writing music, messing around, you know? Oh, wow, whatever, right? And so anyway, so she's doing on this new album a bunch of covers, uh, as well as new original tunes. Cool. Uh, she's teaming up with Sammy Hagar for a new take on Simon and Garfunkel's "The Boxer." That sounds cool. Pearl Jam's the uh, Pearl Jam's track "Daughter," Bruce Springsteen's "The Rising," Cranberry's "Dreams." That's a cool track. That's cool. Uh, featuring Liv Warfield, best known from her work with Prince's New Power Generation. Nice. Also, Guns N' Roses bassist Duff McKagan, Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins are on the album's rocker "Party at the Angel Ballroom," with Wilson paying tribute to Eddie Van Halen on the new original titled "For Edward." So very cool. Yeah, that very sounds cool. like an awesome album uh, for her, and it's coming out May seventh. It's called You and Me. Uh, so Nancy Wilson from Heart, check that out. Cool. Um, speaking of new albums, this one's going to be coming out very soon, I think for Record Store Day. Uh, Duff McKagan, we were talking about this, his band before Guns N' Roses. He was in a punk band, a lot of punk stuff. He was in Seattle in the early 80s, late 70s. He grew up in that scene. So it's from a group called The Living. That was his band before Guns N' Roses. Right before he made the move to Guns N' Roses, he was in a band called The Living. Yeah. Uh, So this album is called The Living 1982. It's a seven-track set of 1982 tracks by his band, The Living. Um, Excuse me. Uh, So he joined the band when he was 17 years old, apparently. And Rolling Stone is uh, reporting that the, the band was a staple on the city's punk scene, featured McKagan on guitar. Oh, actually, wow. he wasn't playing okay. bass, so he was actually on, on guitar. And it says the album will be released digitally on three different color variants of vinyl via Pearl Jam guitarist Stone Gossard's label, Loose Groove. I didn't know he had a record label, Stone Gossard, from wow. Pearl Jam. So that's cool. He's got his own record label called Loose Groove. Um, drummer Greg Kilmore played Gossard and fellow Pearl Jam bandmate Jeff Ament in Mother Love Bone. Uh, and he's in this band. That so it's all part of that Seattle music scene. You Origi- know? Original original band members. Yeah. Well, this is that from that era. These are the original recordings. You know what? I I, I was gonna make a joke that three quarters of the band, the Living, are dead, and um and that just doesn't work now. <laughs> like when, Well, I mean, I guess that's that's still kind of maybe true. Well, it would be sad if you if you came back. Well, and I think playing, drummer and... Greg Gilmore is still alive. 
Yeah. Uh, Jeff Ament as well. He's alive. And Duff McKagan. So yeah. maybe one dude's dead. Then they're still, well, I mean, that's still sad <laughs> well, to be named We're the speculating, living. though. Yeah. We don't know. Who knows? He could just be, you know, yeah, hanging out somewhere. Joke. Yeah. Um, so he says, Duff McKagan said about this whole thing, he said, quote, would this even ever get out of our basement? We had something magical then, and it was ours, so who gives a fuck? Cool. Uh, talking about the quality of the, the recording, he says, quote, it doesn't matter what year this music was recorded because it's undeniable, but the fact that Duff, Greg, Todd, and John created these fully realized songs in 1982 gives credence to the idea that this band, The Living, are ground zero for the Seattle sound. Yeah, you know, Elliot Smith recorded the entire album, Either Or, on a four-track in his basement. Hell yeah. So that, I, mean, I mean, that's a great Daniel album. Johnston, some yeah. of those early, like, really just, like, DIY, like, do-it-yourselfer dudes that just, you could record how you want to record, and you're going to get noticed if it's decent stuff. Yes, you know, and back then, I think work was a lot harder to get around, man. Imagine being in the '80s and Ugh, recording yeah. something on a cassette in your yeah. in your garage and trying to get famous. Now you could do that. That's like a YouTube thing, probably, yeah. right? I mean, that's like a whole thing. Like, hey, watch me make this album in my garage, and it's a ten-part YouTube series, you know, and it's all great and everything. But imagine being like in the '80s, like in the middle of Texas. You know, with no one around, you're nowhere near Hollywood or anyone yeah. important trying to make it, make an album, you know? Oh, yeah, big time. It's tough, dude. Or you're a bunch of, like, um, overweight overweight kids in Iowa shooting cats with pellet guns. And yeah, then you become a 10-part <laughs> band with masks. a bunch of masks, yeah. you know, banging on uh, kegs and trash cans. There you go. You know, hey, you can make millions of dollars lots of ways, folks. Heck, yeah. You just got to have a dream and a drive and, you know, some trauma. And you'll get there. To build that off of there exactly you'll keep the fire burning in you all right uh let's move on david coverdale uh jimmy page and david coverdale did a thing in the 90s called uh coverdale page which is a totally unoriginal band name that yeah they thought of probably in a haphazard cab cab ride over to the record label oh yeah uh so here's the deal though it was a pretty cool collaboration he was the lead singer of white snake white he's got a great look at how much he looks i'll tell you what guys does that look like Robert Plant? Whoa, that's crazy. No, that's 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 a that's nuts. Doesn't that look like Robert Plant? Yeah, it does. It's David Coverdale. And but I he, almost think and like that's like, a recent picture of him? Yeah, that's him like in the past five or ten years, probably. If, if you guys remember the video of Here I Go Again, he looked old. <laughs> In that video, it was like He's 88. He's been pickled in a jar yeah. this entire time. Wow. Because he looks the same. But, I mean, he still looks, you got to admit, he looks pretty decent there. He's got his shirt half unbuttoned there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but David Coverdale looks like a lot like Robert Plant. It's no no surprise. He's got the same kind of vocal, kind of soaring vocal delivery. Um, so, anyway, they released an album March 15th, 1993. It was called Coverdale Page. They did a tour, blah, blah, blah. Recently, David Coverdale let it slip in an interview that something's coming up for that. He was promoting the new White Snake compilation, the blues album, and he let it slip. So he said, quote, uh, he was talking about this conversation with Jimmy Page, and he said, quote, well, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm working on a couple of ideas to play Pagey because I just took control of the Coverdale Page record, and it's the 30th anniversary in 2023. And I was talking to Jimmy about, you know, maybe doing we have four or I think uh, – 
five unreleased songs and some studio jams. I documented the whole making of the thing on video, so I was coming up with a couple ideas to present him to him that we could maybe laugh, or uh, I'm sorry, that was in parentheses, try and write on FaceTime, you know, on Zoom. So he was talking about trying to talk with Jimmy and promote this whole kind of 30th anniversary edition of this album. But apparently the interesting part, what a lot of people are talking about, the whole thing, that whole recording of the album was recorded on video back in 1993 so the whole like thing of them in the studio recording that album was all documented and that it may be part of this 30th anniversary in terms of a blu-ray or something that's cool so that would be pretty neat to see jimmy page and david coverdale back in the 90s doing that whole thing heck yeah so that's coming out uh soon maybe i don't know check it out he's kind of let it slip and that's not till 2023 anyway uh new music out from afi coming out in june they talked about a new album called Bodies, June 11th, and they released two tracks uh, on their social media, Looking Tragic and Begging for Trouble, alongside a music video for Looking for tra- uh, Tragic. And then, so there you go. So it's been their first um, album since 2018. They did an EP. This is going to be their first full-length album in quite some time. So okay. for AFI fans, check that out. All right. This week, you hear about this, Daft Punk breaking up. Oh, yeah. Horrible. Kind of a big news, um, big deal. They announced their retirement in an eight-minute-long video titled Epilogue on Monday this past week. They kind of wander around the desert, and one of them walks away and explodes. Um, Check it out. It's you know it's part of a video that they did called Electro Ma. It was in the ninety or early two thousands. Yeah, and it was kind of a continuation of that video and that storyline in Daft Punk's kind of lore. Yeah, you know well, what this they're is, all about. This is great, actually. This is great news because for their families, because now their families can actually see their faces. <laughs> I know, right? They can actually have dinner, <laughs> like yeah, at, across the table without yeah. the mask on, and their dad just sitting there, sit, not saying a word. Yeah, and the and the the wife of um their wives are gonna really be like, oh my god, wow, are you've you aged. Yeah, you've aged. Have you like shaved under there? Or maybe they, maybe they never saw them to begin with. Maybe they're just horrible. Maybe their ugly beards people. like are just like started growing around like when a yeah. tree like when you have a tree in a um a pot and the roots start yeah. like balling up. Like their beard inside their mask has just started balling up around their face like a dreadlock. It's just yeah. like encapsulated their face <laughs> in a dreadlock yeah. of hair. Or like what? Yeah, one of them pulls the mask off finally, and he's like, he, his face is, is like sloth from the Goonies. <laughs> Genius! Uh, tricked you guys this whole time. <laughs> oh, shit, that'd be funny. Uh, that'd be good. Uh, all right, check this out. Hey, Radiohead lyric sketchbook sold for over six thousand dollars. Nice at auction. It was apparently uh, used by the band ahead of their recording of the album The Benz in 1995. Oh, cool. Uh, the book was picked up in 1993 by, quote, a man who had lent the group instruments in a PA sound system at the Oxfordshire barn they were working in. The book contains hand-drawn sketches, chords, and lyrics pertaining to the album, including the album's closing. Yeah, so that's kind of cool, but it's kind of like he just stole that. Well, I'm like, you know, I'm like reading that, and I'm like... Some dude that was setting up the PA sound systems like, hey, that's a, I'm yeah, take that. Uh, yeah, that's mine. You that know who that was, book? right? You know who it was, David right? Crosby. No, it was uh, Scott Tennerman. Oh, who's that? Scott Tennerman. Um, audience, look up the look up Scott Tennerman must die, and and you'll you'll find out who, <laughs> All who right. that is. Chris, I look up Scott Tennerman okay, must die. I will. You'll know, you'll uh, know uh, who's making who stole a note. That. 
Scott Tetterman must die and apparently he's stealing Radiohead's sketchbooks. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yep. Speaking of sketchbooks and stuff, there was a huge rumor for decades about ACDC's album. It's funny why I was mentioning Back, Back in Black. Black. Yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> so here's the deal. Bon Scott, the original singer for ACDC, right? He passed away right before Back in Black was released and all of that. So the rumor was that ACDC found a notebook of Scott's and used it as the blueprint for the album after he died. Huh. The legends have spanned decades. So during a chat with Paste Magazine, the guitarist and leader Angus Young was asked if any of these rumors about Bon Scott contributing to the album are true, including whether there's a tape of him singing the album songs. He explained, quote, no. There's never been one. Bond never really got the chance. At the time, me and Malcolm were writing some songs. I don't want to go all into it, but he just basically says he came down to the studio. He actually just played drums on a couple tracks that him and Malcolm had the riffs for, and that was it. And then the next morning, he he died. Wow. So that was basically it. And he says, quote, if you were looking up what Bond had done, it was really just to help us with those demos on the drums. And he even said to us as we were knocking off in the nighttime, look, we'll hook up next week. He'd been working on some lyrics and said, we'll hook up next week and maybe the three of us can just start going through stuff. But unfortunately, he passed before that. Oh, tragic. So the rumors of him having a notebook and, uh, you know, the band being inspired to do all this stuff, not true. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, whatever. I think it's good to kind of put those rumors to rest. Oh, yeah. It's always like... A lot of those rumors. Some stupid stuff that gets floating around. Yeah. Anyway, all right, some rock birthdays this week. We got some trivia coming up. Brad Whitford, guitarist from Aerosmith, turning 69. Whoa, hold on. That dude looks, definitely looks 93. He looks 95. (laughs) He definitely looks 96, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Look, look up Brad Whitford, audience. If you, if you, he looks like the Crypt Keeper. He does look like the Crypt Keeper. He has white hair like the Crypt Keeper. He has that stringy Crypt Keeper hair flowing in the wind. Yeah. Even every time him and Steve Tyler are like, they're singing and they're getting like face to face. I'm like, watch out, Brad Whitford's going to bite your face off. <laughs> I just think it's going to happen because he's just ghoulish. Sorry. I know he's a fan of the show. He is a big fan. Sorry. He listens all the time. Don't get irritated with this. Uh, all right. He's turning 69, uh, 99, maybe. I think that's a typo. I think it should be 99. It's upside down. upside down. Uh, Jonathan Kane, keyboardist from Journey, turning 71. Oh. Paul Cotton, singer, guitarist from Poco, 78. Mitch Ryder of the Detroit Wheels, 76. And that ties in with Alice Cooper's new album, uh, kind of paying tribute to him and that whole Detroit sound that came out oh, yeah. uh, this week. John, so John, Jonathan Kane uh, plays um, plays keyboard in in, a, in the air in a video, and he looks like a cat frolicking. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, in that's the, uh, awesome. In a, um, it's just great. I got to check just that fantastic. out. It's just uh, some trivia, guys. This week in 1991, this music, this musician here was paroled after spending two years in prison for resisting arrest after a car chase across two states, carrying a gun and persistent drug abuse. Oh man, I know this one. Who was it? Was it A. James Brown, B. Tommy Lee, or C. A coke-fueled David Crosby? Oh my God, this one's—it's tough. <sighs> this it's is just... a tough one. It's you know, kind of deceiving. It's uh, okay. So, oh man, this is. I know it has to be 
a coke fueled David Crosby. It has to be a coke fueled David After Crosby. Two years in the clink. Over, uh, you know, because just because a coke fueled David Crosby has single handedly been the reason for a great many historic things over right. the past 40 years. I know he always like, seems to work his way things. in these musical history yep. events. He's I mean, like one yeah. of those uh, features or what, or, you know, like a. Um, yeah. I don't know. You look back on photographs of history and time. Yeah. And you'll, you'll keep. It's like a Where's Waldo thing. You'll keep looking back and you'll see in the <laughs> background there the Kennedy assassination. Yeah. Who's back there? Yeah. Is that David Crosby? Yeah. I don't know. Just with it. You a, tell me. With a with a, a frosty mustache and just eyes yep. as wide as an he owl's. Looks, he looks like a 1800 yeah. oil baron. Yeah. Like s- skeeving and and scheming. Yeah. Absolutely. Just you know. Just half naked. With from, a monocle, yeah, usually from the waist down, you know. And the thing, the thing, David Crosby, right? He was. There's a picture of the 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 fire that occurred at the Great White concert, oh, and yeah. David Crosby, like, there's a picture of him. And he's holding just in up the background. The match. He's oh, holding yeah, up the match. Literally holding it's a match. Just his arm, and it, it, you see a little white blur. Yeah, it's, it's like a Blair Witch thing. They didn't get a good photograph of Absolutely. it. Absolutely, it's like they couldn't really prove it was him. Yep. Absolutely. He was off in this. They said that some residents or uh, witnesses said they just saw a puff yeah. of cocaine powder, and then he was gone. Yeah. He's the he's, he's the uh, the Willy Wonka's Grandpa Joe, of you, if you will, of history. And every history. time he leaves like that, it's the perfect distraction because all the people just start trying to pick up that cocaine powder yeah. that popped in at, out of nowhere. Oh, and it's good stuff, too. And then, yeah, and then yeah. they're like, whoa, who did it's that? Columbia Gold. It was David Crosby. Yeah. You know, and we just can't prove it. It's yep. one of those things. Absolutely. So is that what Absolutely. you're going with, David Crosby? I'm go- I'm I'm really I'm going with it uh, because it just it needs to. Wow, it's not it. It's it was James actually James Brown. Brown. Yes, uh, wow. James Brown was paroled after spending two years in prison for resisting arrest, a car chase across wow. two states, carrying a gun, and persistent drug abuse. James Brown, man, I thought he had sure a rough go of, of the '80s. Yeah, not very friendly to James Brown hardest working man in show business and also the um, laundry at the prison you know james brown i've watched a lot of live performances of james brown performances man to me i was i was thinking that dude has got to be fueled on something (laughs) because he's just 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 fueled on yeah good vibes good vibes yeah a lot of cocaine yeah his band was amazing though yeah. Some of the most amazing musicians ever. Oh, uh, so cool to watch. They James are. Brown performances are so cool. They are. Um, all right, some more trivia this week, guys. Let's take it back all the way to 1970 now. This band is fined $1,000 for singing the F word on stage in Oklahoma City. They didn't like that. In Oklahoma, they yeah, didn't yeah. care for that. Oklahoma. Was it A, The Grateful Dead, B, J- Jefferson Airplane, or C, Blue Cheer? I just snorted really loud in this microphone. I got to tell you guys, my allergies are really bad right now. So if you hear me sniffing, it's not like I'm, I'm actually joking about the coke habit and the crack habit. Like, I don't know. It's mean, <laughs> actually, I swear to you, this is my here, allergies. Guys. Yeah, sure. Oh, do you hear him in the background? Sure, He's got the coke sneezes. <laughs> Talk about cocaine left and right, sneezing, <laughs> sneezing the whole time, snorting. Oh, I like. I feel like because I got the last one wrong because I thought that this was a um, I got I thought that this was C, uh, Coke fueled David Crosby. So 1970, <laughs> this band is fined one thousand dollars for singing the F word on stage in Oklahoma City. So A, The Grateful Dead. B, Jefferson. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go with D, a Coke-fueled David Crosby. <laughs> he just ran up on stage. He's not he a band. He screamed, fuck! 
<laughs> just as loud like, Who as was good. that? That was David Crosby. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it wasn't just with one of these bands. It was all three. All three of them. Oh, I forgot to write the answer, but it was uh, Jefferson Airplane. Okay. So there you go. Yep. Chasing Rabbit. But it could have been David Crosby that just jumped up on stage during Jefferson Airplane's show. Yeah, that was He it. was their roadie. He yeah. was setting it up. <laughs> and he just he threw, I don't know, like something <laughs> fell on his foot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> off the stage and they find him a thousand bucks and the rest is history. Yep. That's it. I remember that concert well. Actually, I was there. And, yeah. And David Crosby was so weird. Like, Look he, at this photo, guys. Oh, look at that. Look at this. You think this is real? You better believe it. It's real. That's amazing. Axl Rose is appearing on a new episode of Scooby-Doo, and guess who? Oh, wow. I don't it, like Scooby-Doo's The, the video is funny. If you if you look it up, Axl Rose on Scooby-Doo, it's a pretty horrible uh, little one-minute appearance on the episode of the new series, Scooby-Doo, and guess who? It's airing on Boomerang. I don't know if that's an app or something uh, nice. for animated shows, but it's this past Thursday. <laughs> so, anyway, I guess... Uh, 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 who is who is that guy? Uh, Shaggy. Yeah, Shaggy. Sh- Shaggy's a big fan of uh, of Axl Rose. Yeah. In the in the Scooby Doo lore. Yeah. So, uh, he just shows up on a motorcycle, and there you go. Nice. You're in the jungle, baby. So you're gonna die. That's happening. Check it out. Uh, also, Dave Grohl and his mom hosting a new docu series called. From it, and that title is wrong. I don't know why they did that. And I was That's like, "What horrible. a typo!" It's from it's called "From the Cradle to the Stage," and look at the title of this of the headline: "From Cradle to the Grave." <laughs> <laughs> That's a big difference, right? That's a huge difference. From the Cradle to the Stage yeah. is what it's called. Of course, David. Of course, <laughs> Dave Grohl's doing another project. Man, I know, this guy and he just, got his mom involved in oh, it, like. How does he do everything that I don't he, know does? How he does? It's it, dude. It's so funny. Bending. So it's going to tell the stories of relationships between musicians and their moms. So oh, that's, yeah, that's cool. From the cradle to the stage. So nice. There you go. That's coming out on March fourth uh, on Viacom CBS uh, platforms for CBS, CBS All Access, all that shit. So there you go. Tom Morello uh, exa- named executive producer Netflix movie that's coming up. It's called Metal Lords. Described as a coming-of-age comedy uh, about two kids that want to start a heavy metal band in high school where exactly two kids care about heavy metal. So no, you one, know, no one else likes heavy metal. So, you but, know, uh, Tom Morello, I, I, I hand it to you. This is great. This is fantastic. But, man, just take a take a page out of um, out of Rob Zombie's book and think of a better name than Metal Lords. <laughs> well, I think you have other people to blame because guess who's involved in this? Oh, D.B. Weiss and David Benioff from Game of Thrones. Yeah, of course. They're the ones yep. who are doing this. I'm surprised I'm they didn't like, call it. What the hell they're doing this? Dragon Lords. <laughs> so that's why it's called Metal Lords. <laughs> that's funny. That that explains I know, everything. Right? Tom Morello, he's actually um he's on that um he's he's one of the few people with Dave Grohl um, and Killer Mike, right? That's is, are, isn't he one of the three people that's in charge of that? Oh yeah, all the, the part of that council. Yeah, 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 for, yeah. for the distributing the funds for the uh, venues yep. and musicians. Yes, yeah, that's cool. <coughs> and he's it, awesome. He, uh, we were listening to it actually in bed this morning. Uh, Dolly follows Howard Stern on Instagram, and Tom Morello was the guest this week, and he was talking about how he and Adam Jones from Tool. We're actually in a high school band together. Yeah. And they, they were a shitty band or something, and he was talking about how they were so bad 
that all he did to win the Battle of the Bands contest was like jump around and jump off of the amplifier and jump off the stage and all this stuff. Nice. And everybody in the crowd was going wild. And he's like, that's when I realized I didn't have to be a badass guitar player to, to rock and roll and like do yeah. do what I was doing, you know? And I, I thought think, it was a yeah. good point. And I'm like, wow. And then like Adam Jones was the exact opposite. Like he's super technical. Oh, very you know, serious. Progressive, all that stuff. And Tom Morello's like just kind of like, you know, a showman yeah. almost, you know? Like he only knows a couple little riffs, didn't know how to play chords. He was saying he didn't, he doesn't know how to play chords on a guitar. Yeah. I was like, wow. That you know, um, actually, that's that's mentioned in Maynard's book. Yeah, I, okay. I read I read okay. Maynard's book last year, and he talks about that. Maynard actually was the guy um, during that same time that, or or at least a little bit after that happened, so maybe late teens. Um, Maynard actually was the guy who sang the um, "Not by the Hair." Yeah, Jenny, on Jenny, Green Jenny. Jello. On Green Jello. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Actually, at that time, they actually won a Grammy for that song, and so right. Maynard's first Grammy was for being in that song how cool and, and then him and uh, him and morello and adam jones like they actually all hung out and right. they talked about doing projects together and rage and there's like this kind of relationship with rage and tool that was like a big yeah it's yeah. a huge part of like music history that i think is going to come out at some point like in a, in a movie form yeah or that's something. awesome yeah those and that yeah. la sound and that whole kind of la rock yeah rock revival and vibe that they did that were two totally original bands oh yeah yeah rage against machine and tool big still time. to this day yeah. and they have devout followings yeah people like their shows sell out yeah all the big time. time their merch and their shit is very desirable uh and it's that's hard to achieve yes you know in, a, in the rock world because there's so many bands that just like you know sound like the other guys yeah and to have like a band following even when you haven't put out an album and like the way tool did it yeah 11 years yeah yeah and to still be able to like get the number well i don't know if it was the number one album i think it was number one on rock but like top 10 yeah in the regular charts is impressive oh yeah beat out taylor swift yeah exactly that whole stuff man it's just it's it's awesome um Check this out. This is a cool Spike Lee movie that's coming out on Netflix. It's called Gordon Hemingway and the Realm of Cthulhu. Oh, nice. And it's set in East Africa and follows the adventures of a black American gunslinger who teams up with an elite warrior to rescue a kidnapped regent from an ancient evil. Okay, there's like a lot of HP Lovecraft going on yeah. right now, and it's and it's coinciding with a lot of social messages. Right. Um, a lot of uh, kind of um, like racially progressive themes. Right. Um, it's that's pretty cool. They've a lot of Lovecraftian stuff happening right now. That's pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, that one on HBO. What was that one on HBO? That's um, um, Lovecraft Country. Yep. There you go. Yeah. There's a lot of that happening right now. It's a lot of people are digging into HP Lovecraft, and I'm glad because he does have like a, a, a strong cult following. But compared to other horror writers, uh, he's he kind of he's left kind of off that. You know, right. the top, you know, everyone thinks of like the Mary Shelley or the Bram Stoker and stuff like that. And they forget, you know, about how influential H.P. Lovecraft is yep. on everything, essentially. And he just has this kind of, I don't know, a, a sci-fi creepy approach that gets left out of a lot of, um, I don't yeah. know, mainstream kind of approach to horror and stuff. Yeah. He's more on the fringe of, you know, a little more out there. But that's what I like about it. Yeah. Is that it has that kind of 
alternate universe yes kind of approach to it oh yeah like the, a stephen yeah. king novel or something yeah. you know like like when he says the gunslinger there it makes me think of the dark tower series oh god yeah you know and that kind of whole approach to like i think that's becoming popular in what people want to see in a series and a movie yeah they want to see that kind of stuff you know and i think it's really neat you know um, you know you know hp lovecraft there's a lot of hp lovecraft call outs in um metallica's master of puppets right yeah well the call of cthulhu yep exactly it, I, I mean the thing that should not be yeah, yeah. all That's that all stuff HP lovecraft that 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 whole uh, you know who that comes from in the in the group is that headfield kirk hammett Oh, it's Hammett. Oh, Hammett, Remember? yes. We went Hammett's to his, a huge horror fan, yeah. We went to the Kirk Hammett's... Um, That's right. What was it? The, um, oh, it was great. Do call it? Um, Fear Festival. Fear Festival. Fear Fest Evil. It was awesome. And it was per Kirk Hammett's personal horror collection. And, yeah, he's the one that knows all that. So anyway. <coughs> oh, Coke sneezed. <coughs> <laughs> Did you see the NASA Mars rover Perseverance video <laughs> yeah. that they released? That was pretty awesome, right? Uh, There's such cool stuff coming out of that right now. The first, like, 360-degree de de view of Mars and the first audio recordings of the sounds of Mars, which is pretty legendary, like, in just history of this planet. It's like they had the first audio recordings oh, yeah. it of sounds the like sounds this. of Mars. <laughs> uh, no, it did not. Um, but I, I, I haven't actually listen to it now that i'm thinking about it the, the 360 no reference the 360 pictures I listen are to awesome. the audio though i saw the pictures yep. i haven't I, I gotta listen to that audio um new jersey legalizing recreational marijuana so all right good for them catching up to the rest of the country good job um that's about it for the national news oh besides tiger woods uh, that was horrible oh yeah seriously injured in that car crash um at the time says that not uh, appear to be under the influence of alcohol or any other substance. Yeah, he's just he's unlucky when it comes Can't to that stuff. Can't catch a break. It's crazy. <laughs> he's having a rough go, man. Um, very unfortunate. He made kind of made his comeback. Yeah. And then now he's he's shattered like compound fractures and stuff. So I don't know. Oh, here's his way out. He's, he's hella rich. He's filthy rich. So just chill. All right. Enjoy. Did it. you guys hear about this? This was a pretty crazy thing that came out this week that I thought. Uh, was worth mentioning under conspiracy corner this week. Mal, excuse me, <coughs> Malcolm X's family releases letter along uh, alleging NYPD and FBI behind his killing. Uh, here's the deal: members of Alcom Malcolm X's family released a letter on Saturday, February 20th. They say it was from a deceased New York City police officer, claiming the NYPD and the FBI were behind the fatal shooting of Malcolm in 1965 at the Audubon Ballroom in Upper Manhattan. Three members of the Nation of Islam from whom Malcolm had broken in 1964 were convicted. That was what had happened back then, right? Yeah. Malcolm's family said the letter was written, though, by a former undercover New York police officer, Raymond Wood, who said in it that he'd been pressured by his supervisors to lure two members of Malcolm X's security detail into committing crimes that led them to be arrested days before the fatal shooting, keeping them from managing door security at the Audubon Ballroom. The letter claims it was part of a conspiracy between the New York Police Department and the FBI to have Malcolm killed. So they're saying that they got his two main security guys arrested a couple days before leading up oh, yeah. to his Audubon Ballroom appearance. 
I, I think this this that's actually, how they were able to infiltrate the security and kill him. Yeah, this this actually to to tell you the truth, like this actually makes sense. Um, after watching the movie, the recent movie on Netflix, the I think it's called the Chicago Seven right. or the Something Seven, like the stuff that the government was doing during that time, just to kind of frame people and mess with situations, and and you know, it it it, it really is pretty horrendous. And you gotta wonder if this happened to Malcolm X, what happened to Martin Luther King? Yeah, it's entirely Junior. possible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very crazy. Worth checking out. Worth looking into. If you go to Kroger Pharmacy, uh, you better look out because personal data of a lot of its pharmacy and clinic customers, including their social security numbers, may have been stolen in this hack of a third-party vendor file transfer service. Oh. So if you go to Kroger's or any other places, I think that's kind of an East Coast thing. I forget what they're called over here on the West Coast. but Yeah. Um, I think the Kroger... Just be aware. Kroger Pharmacy is one of those places that like a lot of old people go to. So, I mean... Their social security numbers are probably going to be something like one, two, three, four, five, six. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. Could be. Yeah, so probably pretty easy to guess. My God. Have you seen all this stuff about uh, that the snow is fake in Texas? Oh, my God. These Texas uh, TikTokers trying to prove that the snow that they have there where everybody's getting snowed in and everything's shut down. They're trying to say it's fake, and it was engineered by the government. Of course. Many of the videos show someone burning a snowball with a match or lighter, and when the flame hits the snow, it fails to melt. The TikTokers claim this indicates the snow is abnormal, but in reality, all snow reacts this way. Yeah. a process called sublimination. The solid snow turns into a gas. Since the storm hit last week, fake snow was a top-related search query on TikTok, while another false claim alleging Bill Gates played a role in this fake snow ranked high among texas snow related google searches so isn't that crazy of course of you know what to me it's, it's like, like people just can't accept they that, can't accept uh, it climate change is real yep and so they're like this snow in, in texas is fake well they can't accept that climate change is real and a lot of these people who are fueling these conspiracy theories they don't want to push they they don't want to they don't want anybody to push really push into the the obvious agenda that that a lot of that horrendous stuff that was happening because was due to like independent companies and corporations that own that power grid yeah, over there. Yeah, they fucked everybody. Yeah, and so now they're deviate. trying to blame blame it on this or that, or it's uh, has to do with renewable energy in some kind of way. And it's like, no, you guys, it was all your regulation, yeah, and deregulation for that matter, that allowed your fucking. Uh, energy companies to play chess on you guys that's it and you you thought you were playing checkers and you got schooled and you didn't know that that could even happen yeah and you're blown away by it and now you're pissed yeah it's like well hey you know that's the way it is and they never thought they would get snow like that so it never mattered before yeah that they could even be a possibility right it's always sunshine and open spaces and never have to worry about that yeah exactly colorado you know and all this kind of attitude but now look what happens when that I mean, you know, it's going to change forever now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what it takes, I think, with these events that, you know, it's like Louisiana with Katrina. Oh, yeah. They, it just shows the major weaknesses of infrastructure, government stuff, all that. Everything's tied into it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yep. And the failure to act and, uh, you know, corporate greed and stuff like that that, that plays into it. And, and people, they don't want to know the truth. It's easier for mm-hmm. them to believe a conspiracy and to theory than put it the is blame on somebody truth. else, some, some kind of easy thing like George Soros. Or I, I'll tell you who, Bill I'll tell Gates you, 
if there is any sort of conspiracy regarding snow in Texas, somehow or another, it has to do with David Crosby. And it's somehow or another, it could be that that's all of his cocaine that got <laughs> fucking blown down on everybody. Maybe a big old a, jet airliner from yep. David Crosby got blown down there. You know? Oh yeah, it could be. Uh, all right, last story of the day. <laughs> Americans miss so, traveling so much they give up savings, job, even sex to travel now. So in a newest survey um, by Trivago, they, they found 81% of Americans said not being able to travel has been one of the worst parts of the pandemic. Hmm. 48% said they'd be willing to give up their jobs to be able to travel now, which sounds totally ridiculous and counterproductive. Yeah. 38% they'd be giving up sex for a year. It just shows the desperation here. So what do you think, though, just in general about traveling and how do you feel about, be, you know, okay, so let's use Aftershock for an example. Yeah. Of something that we could look forward to at the end of the year. Some kind of big concert for us out here in California, guys. It's Aftershock in October. That's kind of what we're eyeing is like the return back to normal in terms of seeing a show, going out, doing things. What do you think, you personally, Charles, in terms of concerts? I don't know. Just going out maybe to like a casino uh, movies yeah. again. When do you think you're going to see a movie in a movie theater? I mean, what do you think? I think that, so I miss all of that stuff, but I, I, I wouldn't give up these things that they're saying that they would want to give up it's for so stupid. that. It's, it just sounds so desperate and weird. Yeah. Oh, I'll give up sex for a year to just go travel. Yeah. I want to go to Hornitos and go to the flea market. Yeah, exactly. Like I'll go just, up to the mountains and barbecue for a day. Yeah. It, it's, it's like, it's, come on, man. I mean. Yeah, it's okay. I think um, we were talking about this with our buddy Andre. We, 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 Lalo and Andre and I went on a hike yesterday, and we were talking about how the first part of the pandemic um, was actually kind of weird, weirdly exciting in a way. The kind of, um, and it was a change of pace, you know, right, it right. was, it was something that was kind of different. And I feel like, and this is, this is weird. This is like a glass half full type scenario. And I've experienced some tremendous loss, personal loss from, from this epidemic, but I'm, but it is odd how I think that once all this is over and that we're, we're going to think all of these things are that much sweeter. Like, if you've ever right. been single and you haven't had sex for a year, <laughs> you know, it's that <laughs> great when you finally happens. You know, My it's just, God. yeah. So I think that a lot of these people who are willing to give up all these things just well, to dude, go do some travel. And just imagine the people before it. that were probably, like, thinking about how, uh, I don't want to go see a concert. Okay. Yeah. I was listening to it on my iPod. Yeah, yeah. streaming on YouTube. It's the same thing. Yeah. No. Like, seeing a live show oh, is something different. now that I'm like, I can't, I can't describe how much I've missed it, and I'm looking forward to being able to see that again. And yeah. Being like, in a live concert setting. And I've just realized how much of it... Like, I, I don't know how much a, a part of my life it was yeah. that I can't and when I can't do it and I don't want to and I'm not trying to force it. You know, I know that it's not r the right time, but it just feels so strange that I haven't seen a show in almost like a year and a half now. Yeah. And it's going to be sweet when we do. I know. And then, like you said, it's going to make it that much better. People are going to appreciate it more. And I think it's going to bring all the people who are just oh, don't even care about concerts. They're going to want to go and see a show. Oh, yeah. Big because time. Because they're, they're going to know that it, they don't have 
the the luxury of just being like, oh, I can see him whenever I want. Yeah. Eh, no big deal, right? Concerts are always going to be there. Yeah. That was always the attitude, right? I That's mean, like, true. Right? Like, yeah, no big deal. Uh, ACDC, uh, they're always touring. Uh, yeah. Whatever, whoever. I'll see them next year. I'll see them next time. Or, oh, they're always around. You never know, right? Yeah. The last show that we saw, that I saw, was the Tool Show in Fresno. Yeah, yeah. Ah, the one that I, yeah, the, yeah, that was actually when Daisha broke her ankle and I didn't get to go, you but Lala go. went. Right. Lala went. That yep. show, January, whatever it was, I have the poster in my room. I was looking at the poster yesterday and I was like, damn, that was the last show I saw yeah. in January of 2020, uh, you know. It was just crazy to think about. Yeah, and that show was promoting an album that basically was an anthem for this entire epidemic. But you don't even look at it that way at that time. Yeah. That way, right? Because the pandemic hadn't hit. You didn't realize kind of how important it would be and how oh, special yeah. it would be. That you never know when your last show is going to be. It's kind of like that thing, like when you're like, you know, you always got to, you know, kiss your wife goodbye in the morning. And you never know. Like yeah. when your last chance to do that is like oh i just kind of took it for granted and i ain't kissed her in a couple days or something like that you know something like that when you think about it you're like yeah that's kind of dang you really got to do live for the moment that's true and enjoy every day and be grateful for all that stuff and yep. every opportunity sounds you know you know it could be a fun thing so. yeah this is going to be a big groundhog day type experience for like a lot of people that's a good point. Yep, absolutely. They're going to wake up out of Groundhog's Day and then realize they have this whole amazing life yeah. to live And once we get out of this kind of rut, right? All right. Well, that does it for us this week, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you guys check us out, of course, rocknewsweekly.com. And give us a like and a follow on our Instagram page if you haven't seen our one-minute update videos that we do every week at Rock News Weekly. If you enjoyed our episode, please rate it in the Apple and Google stores. We appreciate it. And we'll see you next week. Have a good one, guys. Peace. Peace.